0: be
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, LSM radio.org now here's our show today the sequence in 1 Corinthians is really marvelous most readers of the bible are aware that the church in corinth was full of problems the very same kinds of problems that may plague our church today division jealousy strife and ambition just to name a few in short the corinthians were lacking in the genuine experience of christ as life so the Apostle Paul, after first pointing out these problems, then points them to life and building. Actually, this loving care of the Apostle and the Word of God is for all of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's cultivated land, God's building. We are exploring 1 Corinthians chapter 3 again today, and it's uh, a good... Uh, just, And it's a marvelous pleasure to have Gary Evans back with us. Gary, good to have you in the studio as you're uh, in Southern California. And so I took the opportunity to sort of drag you in here today. Really glad to have you back.
2: Oh, you didn't drag me in, Chris. It's always a privilege to be on the Life Study of the Bible.
1: Gary, the verse we read a moment ago, Paul, of course, speaking on behalf of the apostles, we are God's fellow workers, you, the members of the body of Christ, you are God's cultivated land or God's farm. And nothing probably uh, symbolizes or typifies life more than a farm, does it? Very organic term.
2: I like that word, organic. A farm is for growing. And you don't have a farm to do uh, sports activities. You don't have a farm for entertainment. You have a farm to grow something. And God is in the business of growing something. But what he's growing is also a building. Uh, You are
1: God's farm? God's building. And that progression, again, is going to be a, a big part of our program today. Why don't we join Witness Lee? Before we do, let me point out another verse. He will refer to a couple of verses even in Matthew chapter 13. Behold, the sower went out to sow, one of the parables in Matthew 13 on the kingdom. And then in verse 37, the Lord is the sower because he says, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. So even we're God's farm, we're these tender little plants growing in the farm. The sower was Christ himself, and even Paul says, I have planted. So a co-labor, a co-working here between the Lord and uh, those whom he has given to the church to uh, do such a work. Here's Witness Lee.
0: After these six points, feeding, drinking, eating, planting, watering, and growing, Paul all of a sudden says, you are God's farm. And a farm is a cultivated land. You've been touched by God. Cultivated by God. So you are God's farm. Growing Christ. You know, in Matthew 13, the Lord says, He came as a sower to sow the seed. And the seed is He. And the seed is the word in the Spirit. Jesus came as a sower to sow God into us. And we are the earth. We are the ground. We are the cultivated land. We are the farm to grow Christ. In other words, to grow God. The church is farm. I this farm, Paul says, you are the building. You are not only the farm, but also the building. To be built in the church is that to grow. To grow means what? To have yourself increased with Christ. In the spiritual building, to be built doesn't mean to be connected with others. It means to have your natural life redeemed and to have Christ within you increased. The more you have yourself reduced, and the more you have Christ increased, the easier for you to coordinate with anyone. If you are really building, that means you have been reduced, and Christ has been increased within you, wherever you go, Wherever you are, regardless who is who, you just can be one. This is to be built.
1: Gary, we've pointed out before, but it's uh, really profound, I think, in this portion we just heard. There's a progression here between the growing aspect and the building aspect. On the one hand, when something grows, it's increasing, something's being added. But when we get into the matter of the building here, which both are implied very clearly in Paul's word in chapter 3, there's not just the matter, the necessity of something to grow and be added. There's also this other factor that something needs to be reduced, on the other hand, isn't
2: there? That's right. And, you know, for the Lord to grow in us, there's the need for him to have room. If you confine a plant to a small planter, It can't grow very big. My wife likes to do a lot of gardening in the yard, and sometimes she'll transfer plants to where they have more space to grow. And this day and age is really designed by God's enemy to fill up our being with all kinds of things to load us with all kinds of anxieties, cares, ambitions, and desires for things other than God, or just to occupy us with the things of this age. And this fills up our being, and it makes it difficult for the Lord to grow. So often God will allow us to go into difficult situations in order to open up our being. I think Brother Lee will touch on this later. You know, Mm -hmm. for God to grow, there needs to be room in us. And most Christians don't understand what Christian growth is. Yeah. I know for a long time I thought Christian growth was for me to become more humble, more Christ-like, uh, more a better uh, example of what it's like to be a Christian, a good moral person or spiritual or Bible knowledge. But in the Bible, the highest definition of Christian growth is in Colossians 2.19. And there Paul again talks about the building. And again, he talks about something organic. Mm -hmm. He says, the building grows with the growth Growth of God. God. In other words, what's growing here is God. But it's not just God by himself. It's God in man. That's why it's a building. It's a corporate building of God building himself into man. But we all know to allow God to grow in us, we have to make room in our being That's why it's so important every morning to have a time with the Lord before we get busy with the day, to open up our heart to him, to call on his precious name, to tell him a thousand times, Lord Jesus, I love you. And the more we open up to him and the more we empty ourselves out and we become, like the Lord said, poor in spirit, then the Lord has the way to grow in our being. And this makes us also part of God's building. God's building is the growth of God.
1: Gary, that was a wonderfully clear definition of both the growing and the building, particularly how these two work together. It becomes the building when the growth is really the growth of God himself within us. And then you use this term, God is building himself into us so that we could be built into his eternal habitation, his building.
2: Well, that's what Paul said in Ephesians 2.21. Again, he continues this organic sense of God's building. In fact, let me read it to you. He says, In whom all the building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord. So again, Paul considers this a matter of life and building. And Peter did the same thing in 1 Peter Mm -hmm. 2.5. You also as living stones are being built up, a spiritual house. So the apostle Peter had the same thought. God's house is not an outward organization. God's house is not something inorganic. Rather, God's house, God's building, is living, viable, growing. is something vital and full of life, full of God's life. Here we have
1: the Apostle John, the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Peter. In all three of their contributions to the New Testament, this line or this dual line of life and building is there, inescapable. How uh, grateful are we, Gary, to the Lord that uh, such a ministry exists on the earth today when this kind of light is unveiled and brought to uh, all of God's people?
2: And I appreciate so much what Witness Lee said that the more God grows in you, the more you can coordinate with others. It's amazing that we believers who all love the same Lord Jesus Christ so often cannot coordinate with each other, but become independent lone rangers. We become loose cannons often. I speak by experience for myself as well. (laughs) But the more God grows in us, the more we're able to coordinate with anyone. And that's God's building.
1: Well, Gary, our time's uh, escaping. And let's get back to Witness Lee. Another critical factor related to the building is the matter of foundation, In chapter 3, he goes on, Paul goes on to speak of the foundation of God's building. According to the grace of God given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid a foundation, but another builds upon it. But let each one take heed how he builds upon it. For other foundation no one is able to lay beside that which is being laid, which is Jesus Christ. So not just a building, but on what foundation is this building being built? Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: Paul says you are God's farm, you are God's building the farm is for the building whatever is produced in the farm and by the farm is for the building as a building it does need a foundation so he says no other foundation is needed the foundation is laid already That's Christ. And this foundation has been laid by the Apostle Paul. He laid this foundation not only for his time. He laid this foundation for eternity. But, listen, started to say, after the Apostle Paul, through the 19th centuries, one after another, one after another, every Christian worker tried to lay another foundation. And today, a large foundation laid a foundation for this denomination, a foundation for that denomination, another foundation for that kind of Christian work, another foundation for this kind of Christian work. Foundations after foundations. Thousands, thousands of foundations. Paul's indication is this. When you come and say, I am of Apollos, you lay a foundation. When you say, I am of Cephas, you lay a foundation. Even when you say, I'm a father, you lay a foundation. A preference is a foundation. A choice is a foundation. I prefer to have immersion. This is a foundation. I prefer to have the Lord table with eleven bride. This is a foundation. You see the point? Why? Because if... Uh, people do not practice immersion, you would not be with them. And that is a division. This is why today, Christianity is divided, divided by all different kinds of foundations. Within you and me, there is the possibility that you would say, this elder is my preference. This elder is my choice. What is this? This to lay a foundation. This kills the body life. This kills God's building. You see. In other words, this is not the building up. This is the tearing down. When the Corinthians says, "I am a Paul," "I am a Apollos," they were destroy the temple of God.
1: Uh, Gary, we were. Enjoying this high vision, this high revelation of life and building, and now we get a very sober, uh, I would say, a word of warning and also a word that accurately describes the condition that has really overtaken us in the body of Christ and Christianity today, hasn't it?
2: Well, that's a good way to put it, Chris, overtaken. You know, freedom of choice or preference is a right that all of us cherish. You know, I like to be able to go to a restaurant and choose Mm -hmm. what I want to do. I like to choose what I want to study. I like to work where I choose, drive the car that I choose. That's a, a wonderful freedom in culture. But when you come to the body of Christ, you can't transfer preference or choice into the body of Christ. Otherwise, you end up with division, And, of course, the Apostle Paul here, as Brother Lee so well explained, he touches the matter of leadership, and that's still a problem today. People rally around leaders and become uh, great fans of wonderful charismatic personalities. We have to be just as on guard today as the Apostle Paul was in that day. Otherwise, they form divisions. Also, another thing that I've noticed very strong today is the tendency to – Lay a foundation of worship style. Yeah. In fact, this right. is a subject of a lot of Christian journals. Yeah. People just take the liberty to have worship according to their own preference. In other words, if they're really fond of contemporary music, they have contemporary worship. They become a church that has that kind of worship. Others that love rock music will go to a hard rock Jesus church. In Texas, and I'm speaking For where I live, right down the road, is a cowboy church. You're supposed to dress like a cowboy when you go there. So even the style of worship and the culture you come from can be a preference. The most segregated hour in the United States is on the Lord's Day from 11 to 12. Hmm. Segregated by what? By race and by culture. Chris, one time I was a principal of a Christian school, and sometimes I would work late at night doing all the work principals do, and there was a congregation that would meet next to us, and they shared rent with another congregation. So on one night, one group would meet, and then on another, the other group would meet. I saw the difference. On one night, one group would meet. They were all one race, and they would play blues, jazz, Christian music. You could hear it coming through the walls. Uh-huh. It was one definite style. Then the very next night, in the very same building, an entirely different race would meet, and it was high-paced Latino Christian music with a whole different beat. And these two congregations shared the same building but never met together. What separated them? Preference in worship style and culture.
1: Well, there's a lot we could say. Time is not going to give us that luxury, Gary, but uh, I think the message is uh, uh, very poignant and has landed in all of us. Let's go back to Witness Lee, talk some more about this building.
0: What is building? Building is to reduce yourself and to have Christ increase in you. If so, you will have no preference the Lord may lead you to go to a place which will be very hard to you. Hallelujah! Hallelujah for that kind of hardship, because that will reduce you to the uttermost. And that gives the rule in your being to Christ. I tell you, that will be the real growth. You'll be happy about that term. This is exactly the way Paul means. In writing chapter 3. Why he wrote chapter 3 right after the first two chapters? Just because of this. You Corinthians have your preference. Your preference of me. Your preference of Paulus. Your preference of Sivas. Your preference of this or that. Your preference of Judaism. Some of you have the preference of your Greek philosophy. Your preference of persons. Your preference of matters of things. These are. What? Laying foundation. But no foundation, no other foundation can be laid beside that one, which I've laid. He laid the foundation. That's Christ.
1: Gary, there's a, a wonderful tie-in here, back to where how we began the program, what we covered in that middle portion, and how it concludes here. We talked about the matter of growth, including the reduction of the human portion, our natural component, as we are reduced, that creates more room for Christ to grow. And it's really in that reduction that this matter of the choices and preferences gets dealt with, isn't
2: it? That's why Paul said in Colossians 3, verse 11, he said, in the one new man, which is the body of Christ, he said, in the one new man, there cannot be Greek, Jew, barbarian, on and on, slave or free man, but Christ is all and in all. To have the one new man and to have God's building, there cannot be our choice and our preference. And the Lord will test every believer. There will come a day where the Lord will lead you to meet and be built up with others in God. And it will be people not of your race or your culture or your age Mm. or people according to your disposition – And the worship may not be according to your way. You may be quiet. It may be loud. You may be loud. It may be quiet. But the Lord will test you to see if you're willing to lose your preference, to be reduced, in order that Christ can grow in you. Gary,
1: I think what we have seen today is a vision, a view, an understanding of this eternal purpose of God as it includes us, each one. That is priceless, and it's critical. If we are really going to go on to be the the church that God desires, the church that he can come back to as his uh, bride prepared on that day. I really commend this program to the Lord and all of our listeners. Have you got a final thought?
2: If you look at the end of the Bible, that's a good final thought. Yeah. <laughs> Revelation chapter 22 describes the new Jerusalem, and in verse 1, the paramount items in the new Jerusalem are the tree of life that's organic, and the water of life. Life is all throughout that building. If we want our Christian service and our Christian gatherings to matter in eternity, we should take the New Jerusalem as our goal and as our model. In other words, let's forget all our preferences that divide us and instead, let's enjoy Christ as our life. Feed on Him and drink of Him and as we meet together, we will be built up with God as the new Jerusalem.
1: Can't improve on that close. Thanks, Gary. All right, we'll just leave you with our toll-free number since we're short of time today. We hope you'll contact us about the printed material. We'd love to make contact with you. If you'd like to call, it's 888-543-3788. For Gary Evans today, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for listening.
2: Was Jesus simply a great religious leader?
1: The next day, he saw Jesus coming to him and said, "Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world." John chapter 1, verse 29. Based on the scriptures, the religious people were looking for a great leader, but Jesus was introduced to them as a little lamb with a little dove. The Lamb is for redemption, to redeem fallen man back to God, and the Dove is for life-giving, for anointing, to anoint man with what God is, to bring God into man and man into God. Both the Lamb and the Dove are needed for man to participate in God. Scripture John 1.29 and Commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry.
2: For more information, visit lsm.org.